Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. This is a national health alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket costs. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a free meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pedometer as our special gift to you. We have knee, back, and other braces available, as well as pharmacy services. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and you have insurance, we can help. 888-303-9136. 888-303-9136. 888-303-9136. That's 888-303-9136. Welcome, welcome everybody to Blog Talk USA. We are so happy to be here with you on this marvelous Monday. You can always call to listen to my phone, 915-605-9375, or you can listen online at blogtalkusa.com or blogtalkradio.com forward slash blogtalkusa. We thank you all for listening and for continuing to come back. We appreciate it more than you know. Okay, I know we've got a great show lined up, so here is your host, Dr. Shirley McKellar. Welcome, Dr. McKellar. Thank you, thank you, Miss Rihanna. Good evening, and welcome once again right back here to Marvelous Monday. And let me just tell you, Miss Rihanna, it has been a marvelous Monday. And we're so excited that we're moving right along. And before we get into the show, I just want to give a little tidbit about the restaurant and the mere fact that we are about to get to the point of opening those doors. We have passed our inspections. We got our sales tax number, and people are chomping at the bits, Ms. Rihanna. They're ready for us to open those doors so they can come in and get some amazing food. We have some outstanding chefs that's going to be preparing good, clean food that's prepared with good spices and all the great things. And so let me just lay out a little bit if you'll allow me to do that. Is that okay? And then we're going to get right into our show. Of course. Yes, we have an amazing guest that's going to be on tonight, one of my sorority sisters, and uh, she's just a brilliant uh, young lady from out of Galveston, Texas. So we're going to allow her to introduce herself. But let me just share just a little bit. I'm going to start with Sunday. And then I'm going to back up. So we're going to have a Soul Food Sunday brunch. And so uh, people can come out after they get out of their church service or whatever. And uh, that will start at 1130. And we'll do it all the way until 5 p.m. in the evening time. And then after that, we'll close, of course. And so that's Soul Food Sunday. And then 
On Saturday, we're going to have Gourmet Burger Saturday, and so you can have every kind of gourmet burger that you want to include turkey burger, a vegan burger, and then let's come on into Friday, and we're going to have Fishy Friday, and so you'll be able to order your, your fish of your choice off of the menu. That's going to be a fun time. And then, of course, this is East Texas, and people love catfish, so we're going to have the catfish thing as well. And then on Thursday, Miss Rihanna, we're going to have Taco Thursday because in the country we already have Taco Tuesday, so we're going to have Taco Thursday. So we have an amazing uh, Hispanic chef that's going to prepare the tacos for Thursday. And then we're going to have Wing Out Wednesday, every kind of chicken wing that you want, of course, we know this is uh, football season and holiday season, and people want to have wings at any time, all the time. So you can still order it at any time, all the time. But the specialty day will be on Wednesday, and it's called Wing Out Wednesday. And then on on Tuesday, on Tuesday we're going to have. Let's see, what is that on Tuesday? I can't remember right now, but oh yeah, I remember. So okay. it's going to be hot, hot dog day. So you're going to have every kind of sausage in every kind of way, whether it's California dog or New York dog or whatever. You're going to be able to select the type of sausage that you want and the type of dog that you want. So that's going to be a fun day. And then Marvelous Monday, you can have anything. Oh, we're going to have a loaded baked potato bar on Marvelous Monday. And so, uh, and then on Saturday, of course, you can have whatever, whatever your heart's desire, uh, that big, that burger. But Ms. Rihanna, we're going to focus on casual uh, and carry out dining during the course of the day. People can walk through the line and see what they want to order from the, uh, from the line, or they can order from uh, the menu. They can order from the uh, grill if they want something specifically ordered for them. And uh, and then in the evening time, uh, then we'll shut down the line, and then we're going to have fine dining. But because we're we're still in a pandemic, uh, we have uh, we're going to have delight carryout. And so people that want to dine in the evening time, they can just order. And we are even going to have a delivery service. So we put a lot of work wow. into restaurant and getting it open, and it's called a taste of North. <laughs> D-Light, small D-E, and then L-I-G-H-T. And we're in the north side of, uh, side of the city in my district. And so we're just really excited getting our uh, to get our wow. dishwashers in and to get our signs being changed over. Because for those that do not know that, that's the former uh, Freddie Mays restaurant. And they built that restaurant from the ground. And it was open for about eight months. And then it closed, and then right after that uh, came COVID, so it's been closed. And so I decided that if I don't have someone else that's interested in opening, then I will open. And so we're ready to open. We have an amazing group that's working with me in that restaurant, and so we're really, really excited about it. So that's my little congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And we'll be giving more information. Thank you, thank you. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Let's see. Who did I have Great. there? Who was that that spoke up? That's Mr. Arthur, my, our fraternity brother, mm-hmm. Mr. Arthur. Uh, actually, our sorority sister is our special guest tonight, and we're gonna we're gonna open up and let her come in uh, just shortly. But want to make sure all the team is here. Dr. Hagney will not be on with us tonight, 
and so um, so we'll miss him, and uh, we can give just a brief update on COVID. And so is Pastor Cooper on? Pastor Not Cooper, yet. are you there? Not yet. Okay, then. Okay. Well, COVID update, uh, we just know that uh, the boosters are available. Uh, the, the school students are, are being vaccinated. Uh, not so much here in Tyler, but we have had our first student to get vaccinated on this past, I believe it was Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday of last week that our student was vaccinated. And so she made the news and made history and all of that and people were all, all around her. So um, once again, get that booster, get those vaccines if you can. Uh, we, we just uh, are pushing that so that we can help to mitigate uh, this pandemic and this dreadful thing called COVID-19 so that we can get back to some form of normalcy uh, in this country. So there it is. And that's it. Unless you have anything else to say in regards to COVID-19 or Mr. Arthur, if you have anything to say in regards to how things are in Dallas, Texas, and Ms. Rihanna, you can tell us how things are looking there in Kentucky. And I can tell you that our numbers are dropping and that we are, we're having a little bit more space uh, in the hospital. The mandate is working. The mandate is working. Okay, and what about your numbers, Ms. Rihanna? How are you looking in, in Kentucky? Uh, well, I'll say uh, the mandate is working here as well. Um, we, let's see, 19 deaths since the start of the, the pandemic, and we have hit 10,000. However, uh, in the schools, the numbers are slowing. Um, and more and more kids are getting vaccinated. And I was actually talking to a nurse at one of the vaccination 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 sites, and she said uh, that they are having, since the beginning, they have had huge numbers of people coming back and getting that second shot. So that's, you know, it's important that if you're doing one of the right. two-shot uh vaccines that you get your second shot and she said she's been pleasantly surprised and that most of the people are coming and returning so that's awesome and i do want to just quickly say that we there has been another um, prominent covid denier in canada young man um, who has passed away from covid and we keep hearing about cases like that over and over, people who reject the masks and reject the mandates. And this guy even said COVID is a hoax. Um, right. And it, it, that's happening a lot. And that's to be expected for people who don't take precautions. Um, right. That, that's, that's who, you know, it, it, it can affect anybody. But there's just something to be said for these mandates. There's something to be said for listening to the science. And um, just it's it's a lot to think about. Ted Cruz, Cruz, who has had the shot, Ted Cruz, who has had the shot, told telling people to tell telling folks about the kids trying to get talk their kids out out of not getting a shot. I mean, he he is a piece. He is a piece of. And I'm gonna let you fill in the blank. Okay. Well, with that being said, why don't we just springboard over to oh, our special guest. Oh, on also. Okay. Oh, great. Good evening, I'm Pastor sorry. Cooper. How are you? Pastor Cooper, out of Beaumont. 
Yes. yes. You would, would you like any comments before we bring our special guest for the evening in, Pastor Cooper? No, let's go ahead and bring the special guest in. Let's not waste any time. Let's get, get to work. Well, Pastor Cooper, let, let me just say this before uh, before we bring our amazing guest in for the evening. And I said that I had an announcement, and that announcement is that I am a twin to uh, Pastor Cooper, that our radio show on Thursday, Miss Rihanna, I wish we were all together, we're all cross-country on Monday night, but our radio show on Thursday here in East Texas is going to be on Roku Television, and I think there's somebody. Else. Oh wow! <laughs> that, 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 so, so we're going to be on television, Miss Rihanna, right along with Cooper, who I believe is also going to be on Roku uh, Television. Is that correct, Cooper? Worldwide, we're going r- worldwide. Worldwide, very That's cool. It. <laughs> it is, and I, I don't know how we're gonna. We're not gonna be able to. We're only gonna be able to hear Miss Rihanna's voice. We're not gonna be able to see her since she is in Kentucky. Uh, but one of these days, we'll get her down to a live show so that we can have her on television right along with us. But we're pretty darn excited about it, uh, Pastor Cooper. And we actually, yeah. I had said we were gonna start this Thursday. But those of you know that I'm having a little mild surgery on tomorrow, so we'll probably begin the following uh, Thursday just before Thanksgiving. What what a great way to kick off uh, the season of being thankful and the the harvest and all of that. And so uh, so there it is. So we're pretty excited about that, Pastor Cooper, to be right along with you on being on television, and that's we're great. Excited. So. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and bring in our uh, special guest for the evening, and uh, we're going to allow her the opportunity to really introduce herself and the great work that she's doing with Crowd Academy, as well as Black Voters Matter. And so that is none other than uh, Ms. Roxy Hall-Williamson, my sister, and Mr. Arthur's sister as well. Are you there, Ms. Williamson? If you are, come right in. Yes, ma'am. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. It's wonderful to hear that Pastor Cooper is on. I know him well. We work a lot yeah. together. So this, I already yeah. feel like I'm with family. This is amazing. Well, so I hope you Thursday night family. if you can make it. Sir? Hopefully we'll see you Thursday night in our NAACP meeting at 7 p.m. If you can make it to Beaumont, if not, we can do Zoom. I'm trying to make it, but I'm gonna let you know after this <laughs> after this discussion. Um, again, my name okay. is Roxy Hall, Hall Williamson. I'm a proud BLI. I was born on this island. I've been fortunate enough to kind of move around a bit, so I, I've moved and lived in some different places. Um, but most recently, moved back to Texas from Atlanta, Georgia, in the midst of the Stacey Abrams and Beto O'Rourke races. I got home, realized that the fight was going to be in Texas. Of course, no one listened to me, but I went ahead on my own and just started inserting myself in places that I wasn't necessarily invited. (laughs) And that's how I met my soror, um, McKellar. I just kind of inserted myself in that group that was going to Odessa, and (laughs) I got in there, and I've just been laying some groundwork. 
from what I could see from my political projections that was going to be the issues here at home. Fast yeah. forward, I did well some done. training. Thank you. Fast forward, I did some trainings in 2019. I attended the NAACP convention in Detroit. That sprang board me into some other um, events where I met some people who recommended me for the Crowd Academy. And the Crowd Academy is a program that the Southern Coalition for Social Justice, I want to say they might have started 2019, but I think it got launched in 2020. They, um, excuse me, are coming out of North Carolina. And basically, in a nutshell, they are trying to, well, they brought on people like me and my partner, Bindu. We're the only two for a state as large as Texas, so you see we already have a lot of work to do. And I'm hoping they'll expand programs like this because the one thing that we learned after the 2016 election, um, at least my collective, we learned that we were at least five years to ten years behind on getting some resolution with the opposition, right? So I got into the program, and their strategy is to go from North Carolina basically to Texas covering, blanketing the southern states. Because we've heard it said, but I haven't heard so many people really talk about how we're going to strategize to combat this southern strategy that's kept us really fighting for our rights continuously since Reconstruction. So what we're doing with the Crowd Academy, I'm, for the state of Texas, the collaboration is between the Southern Coalition for Social Justice, the League of Women Voters, and the Texas State NAACP. Our main mission is to get into as many jurisdictions as we can, empower those jurisdictions to advocate for themselves, and and in the process, build a coalition strength across the state that is basically will be unstoppable. If all of the wonderful people that I've met so far their resources and their tactics and their their plans together and build a sort of homogenous groundswell across the state, then we have a little bit more to work with as we approach our next elections that are coming. Our biggest problem is turnout. Our second biggest problem is our Latinx community, dealing with citizenship and the mixed status and and empowering them to better advocate and be partners with us as opposed to allowing other factions to divide and conquer us as as groups. Um, and that's pretty much my speech right now. <laughs> Dr. McKellar, do you good. have any questions for yeah. me? Wow. Right. So I am gl- I'm so glad that you mentioned about uh, Texas and what you saw in Texas. We've been – pushing, preaching that Texas is a battleground state, uh, Ms. Roxy, for a long, probably 15 years when uh, I was running for Ms. Rhea. Anna and I were out there on the battlefield uh, trying to get people registered to vote and trying to get Washington, D.C. to pay attention to the fact that Texas was a battleground state, in particularly East Texas uh, being a battleground state and the importance that we were leaving a million votes behind 
by people not coming into East Texas and working East Texas. And so we really appreciate Pastor Cooper for all the work that he is doing on his campaign. Of course, he is an East Texan and everything and living in Beaumont, Texas. But but he recognized, uh, recognizes the fact that we got to wake up uh, the people here in East Texas and people have to come and show the citizens here in East Texas that they are just as important as the uh, citizens in the big cities such as Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, San Antonio, Austin, and all of those uh, areas um, that, uh, that people tend to spend more of their dollars and their time in uh, rather than coming to see us here uh, in East Texas. So I, I appreciate I- the fact that you... Go ahead. Yes, ma'am. Go right ahead. Yes, ma'am. I did not mean to interrupt. And that's my the, the core, some of the core of the work that I do. I am determined to change the narrative. I'm determined to push back on so-called party people who have control of those resources and those purse strings. Very because we all, we, we all have known at least since, the last administration, that our rural counties are where we have to invest. And I'm hoping that with all the work that we're doing, that we find a strategy that pushes back on that Dixiecrat mentality in order for us to build the resources and infrastructure we need to not only continue to support our urban bases, but to filter a lot of those resources and a lot of that work out into our rural communities. Because for me personally, and this is me speaking as Roxy, not wearing anybody's hat, um, my problem is you're not going to tell me because I grew up in Texas. I grew up, I was born in Galveston between Baytown, Fresno, South Houston, Henderson, because my mother is a nurse, she did some nursing out in Henderson. All these rural areas where I grew up, I wasn't around anybody but black people and Mexicans. So you can't wow. tell me that rural Texas is only white. Exactly. And only- Republican. No way. Right. Exactly. I'm glad you brought oh. that out, too, uh, Ms. Roxley, because you are 100% correct. Uh, East Texas is is just a non-voting area, just like all of Texas, period, is a non-voting area. There are lots of African Americans all across uh, East Texas, and they vote sporadically. Uh, they, they vote uh, a certain way, and, and I'll just go ahead and tell you how they really vote, those that vote sporadically. They vote a Democrat when they vote sporadically, whenever they come yeah. out. But the the Republicans uh, in our area they vote consistently, and that's why you see uh, that that side of the house getting uh, the offices because they vote uh, consistently with that. Well, Sorry, don't forget, hey, hey, Sherry, don't forget Go about ahead. the voter suppression now. Don't forget about the voter right, suppression. Right, I was about, to, I was about like to say that. it. The Confederate <laughs> strategy, the Southern strategy, and the Confederate catechism that we live under, especially in Texas, and see, and those are terms that a lot of people don't hear because we have a tendency because certain party factors 
tend to gloss over that because a lot of them, like Mansion and Cinema, and even mm-hmm. our current president, are segregationist adjacent. So they're busy working with those people and trying to center those people as opposed to investing in the people that uphold their party. And I'm here to push back on that. Very good. Okay. Mm -hmm. So tonight our topic is going to be, of course, we're right on, on cue with our topic, but we're also going to talk about redistricting and, um, and the voter suppression. We all, for some reason, those two things always seem to marry up with each other. So, uh, so we were on an early uh, Zoom uh, tonight talking about redistricting here in, in uh, Tyler, Texas, and Smith County. And so I invited Ms. Roxy to come on to continue that conversation about redistricting. And we talked about, let me just share with you that we talked about uh, the mere fact that there are Hispanics who want uh, to have a seat at the table at city council and uh, and then even in, in the county, county commissioner's uh, court. So what I explained uh, in the uh, conversation this evening is that I remember as a little girl growing up, and Mr. Arthur may remember this because he actually hails uh, from out of parts of East Texas as well and spent a lot of time coming here into East Texas, but my ancestors thought that uh, that black people would have a seat at that table, uh, that they would have uh, District 2 and 3, which is comprised of black people. Uh, that's where that's the only place that they lived uh, in, in the city of Tyler and could not live anyplace else. We uh, basically never went past Front Street. Uh, everything that we needed and uh, had Black-owned businesses, we had our physicians, our pharmacists, we had our nurses, we had our supermarket stores. We had everything right in our own community, and so we never had to go past Front Street anyways. So with that being said, that uh, during the Voters' Rights Act and the Civil Rights and all of that that was going on back then, there was, um, there was a fight, and, and they won the fight, and that fight was right. that we always have representation of black a black person holding the seat the seat that i hold right now my ancestors fought for that seat before i ever thought about even running for anything or getting there and so with that being said the the conversation tonight was how uh, hispanics can can get a seat and so we brought out and then i'm going to turn it over to you uh, miss roxy and then you can dialogue and talk to us about it and then the other um, team members may have some questions for you after that but but we dialogued quite extensively on um on the uh gerrymandering and the redistricting and as well as the hispanics having a seat so you can dialogue on those things for us and then we'll let the other team members jump in thank you yes ma'am Yes, and like uh, the gentleman, Mr. Nick Persina, like he summed it all up really well at the meeting. So I will try to highlight the main points he made because he was explaining to us how he ran for a seat and really the by the numbers he lost by, it's almost, it's, it's egregious almost, like <laughs> You just it, it boggles your mind how they're getting these seats for, you know, they're winning them by less than 100 votes or less 20 votes 
all across the state. It's not just there. So as we were discussing it, some of the main things that I like to really emphasize and try to make people understand is it was brought up tonight as well in the other meeting. We have like a 10-year late start. Like we are just coming out of the gates. They have like 10 years ahead of us as far as their strategy and their planning. And our job isn't hard. It's just going to be tedious, and we've got to be very committed to the fact that we will not, under any circumstances, when we find the allies in our Latinx community, that we will not allow anybody to separate us or or divide and conquer us. We have to stand as a unit, both sides. Like, one is no better than the other one. We need each other and all of the other people of color, the Asians, everybody in our community that has a stake in our voting rights. We need to... If we have allies in those communities, really begin to build coalition because they get away what they get away with, especially in the South and in Texas, is because we have these narratives between our communities that keep us apart, you know. And then we have percentage of our Latinx community that identify as white. (laughs) On top of identifying as white, we have – like the factions, I was, a friend of mine here in my county was explaining to me, she's Latinx, and she was like, you know, black people are, you guys are very different. You have your different beliefs. Some are conservative, some are liberal, it's whatever. But at the end of the day, when you guys need to come together, you come together, you vote in a block, and you leverage your power. She Did was you hear telling that? Me that she, she was telling me oh, that. I'm listening. With the Latinx community, it's a bit more nuanced than that. And because of various various uh, things conflating at once, on yeah. top of them, the ones that identify as white, they have mixed uh, citizenship, uh, excuse me, mm-hmm. citizenship status that is a stumbling block. As well as we have a big chunk that are just conservative and they really are somewhere mm-hmm. else. So our main goals, at least from where I see the where we stand as the NAACP, is we're known as a coalition that brings people together. So I know that we can come up with strategies with the allies that we already have to break into these communities. And just like in the black community, our biggest issue is voter IDs because for a bunch of reasons, our people don't have the proper ID here nor there, and that's legislation, too, because if you can vote with a hunting license but you can't vote with a college ID, that's a problem. But (laughs) when it comes to voter ID, we have systems in place where we really help people get that identification or get whatever it is that they need to vote. We're going to have to do the same thing on a citizenship level. If we have mixed status houses, we've got to have the empathetic people on our teams to get into those situations, be sensitive to those situations, and make those people feel protected like ICE is not going to run in on them because two of their family of five can go vote. And those are just issues, just some off the top of the notes that I took tonight, just some key things that we can think about as we're building strategy because the same thing is with 
um, the Asian community. You know, they use them against us. And you know everybody has anti-black sentiment on some level, even in the black community. (laughs) So if we can attack the anti-black sentiment from the gate and just really kind of figure out a way with as much Christian charity and love as we can muster to bridge some of those gaps, I really think we have just some winning things with the coalitions that we are building um, in Texas to come together and just really, just really just make a groundswell of grassroots and coalition um, support and pushback on what's happening right now. I'm um, on the board of Our Vote Texas, which was formerly the Texas Progressive Network, Action Network, a nonpartisan voter education platform. I also work with Indivisible Texas Ledge, and all the other groups I work with right now are nonpartisan. We're just really trying to get into the communities, educate, empower, and get these voters to the polls. Because we see, we saw it. We saw it in 2020. If we can get folks to the polls, if we give them access like Harris County did with the 24-hour voting and just expanding, preserving and expanding the access to the ballot, you see what happens. We win. <laughs> we win, hands down. They know it. We know it. But they have a handle and a chokehold on this narrative, keeping our people afraid suppressed and depressed and don't want to have anything to do with the voting process. And we have to teach the process in such a way that people absorb it. They want to be a part of it. We need to be recruiting (laughs) volunteer registrars and precinct chairs. Like it all starts from the bottom and we build up and out. Very, very good. That was that was so so well put. So, uh, so I think, Mr. Arthur, uh, Pastor Cooper, if you want to jump in, I don't know if you have any questions or, or Miss Rihanna, but uh, but it was just an amazing evening, and and so much information was disseminated. But we, we and we want to kind of focus on. I don't know how things are looking with your uh, line drawing, and to make sure that we're not experiencing or continuing to experience gerrymandering. But Pastor Cooper, we'll start with you on how things are looking as far as your lines are concerned. And I did tell Miss Roxy and all the team, all the uh, members that were on our our uh, Zoom early on, is that I had set up a town hall meeting. As a matter of fact, two was set up, and I set up one in my district, and it was packed with people, but none of the people that it was packed with were actually the citizens. It was all the city staff. Uh, not that they're not citizens, but uh, – but it was designed so that people could come out and see how the uh, maps are drawn and to see uh, if there was any questions that they wanted to ask and how the process takes place and so forth and so on. And we didn't have that. There was two citizens that came uh, on – well, actually, let me take it back. There were four, four citizens that came uh, during the time that I had mine here in District 3, and then there were two citizens that came uh, during the time that we had the meeting over in uh, District 1. And so um, I think it's so important for us to continue to, and we talked about this as well, uh, that continue to just 
Talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. And uh, Ms. Roxy is going to give you our strategy before the evening is out as to what we can do uh, from henceforth forward all the way into the next uh, uh, time that we do the six census in, in 2030 because there's so much money that is left at the table that we need in order to get the resources to do the things that we need to do in this district, uh, in this in this country. In particular, we're talking about Texas. Because what I said to uh, the team this afternoon is that there were many people that did not fill out uh, their census, and consequently, uh, we we probably missed out on getting a seat, a congressional seat right here in uh, East Texas. And with that being said, uh, Pastor Cooper, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, you all are on point. Uh, And as always, my sister Roxy is always on point. Uh, and she does not mind traveling, moving, packing up, uh, making those points, and that's what we need, uh, workers. In fact, she, she worked with so many different coalitions. I'm not sure which hat she's wearing when I see her, uh, but I've been affiliated with her with PDF, Push Democracy Forward, and that's kind of like what she's talking about tonight in reference, and hopefully later on she'll, she'll speak a little bit about that. And that's kind of what our strategy is. My, uh, Brother Arthur Fleming, he's the strategist that I, I, I lean upon. And one of those things is that the church, the African American church, also Dr. Hagney, we've heard him say that. I don't hear his voice tonight. But the African American church is where we need to go back and concentrate on because, exactly to your point, Dr. McKellar, that only two people on this crowded Zoom and the ones that's there, they're already educated in those areas. So we have to figure out a way. I never forget, uh, we were in uh, D.C. at a lunch with Bishop Dixon, the president of Push Democracy Forward. And we were, we were trying to figure out a bunch of pastors there, trying to figure out how we disseminate this information. Well, I said, duh, it starts with us and our churches again, yet again, because that's where the people are, even though they're not packing the churches anymore, but they're still uh, watching our services. And even though they're not watching them live, I'm noticing I may have five or six people on my live, but later on I have 250 views or 1,000 views on another page, depending on which page you're following with the uh, acro- uh, rhythm, rhythm of uh, Facebook right now. It's kind of weird, but uh, you, you have to go back and, and really monitor that and follow the pages. So uh, hats off to you, Sister Roxy, for the work that you're doing. Uh, matter of fact, I've been with her in several settings, and I was called in to be a cheerleader, and she came in with the nuts and bolts of it. They gave She gets more time. So uh, that's the reason why I invited her back to our NAACP meeting on Thursday night because that's what we do locally. When y'all see me out in the public, we're, we're trying to get everybody uh, involved and get everybody excited about being excited. But then we have to go back home. All politics is local. We have to go back home and teach our people the nuts and bolts. And that's what we do. And that's what I do as the president of NAACP. And, again, we don't keep you Democrat or Republican. We want to teach you. As a matter of fact, the more educated everyone is, uh, the better off we are. Because what happens is that, well, I don't want to preach, but a fool and his money will soon part. But also one that's not educated. Our people perish for lack of knowledge. So these are the things we have to do. So, again, hats off to you again, Sister Rock, and we'll talk further uh, later on. Thank you, Sister. Yes, Mr. Arthur, comments, and then we'll go to Ms. Rihanna. Yeah, yeah, I'll say that you know that that she's headed in the right direction, uh, but, but I'm going to give you some context about, particularly about East Texas. Uh, the NAACP, we did a 
uh, a voter registration GOTV program back in the 90s when Ron Kirk ran uh, for senator. I was over that that that, that area of uh, Tyler, Longview, and and Marshall, and, and that's when I became aware of there was over a million black people down there. Okay, and and uh, and that's over a quarter by vote. Now, we did this GOTV. The Department of Justice came in and so forth and so on. They put one person in jail. Okay, but the NAACP, we dropped the ball. We never went back and made sure that they stayed, you know, on course. They just started back voter suppression again. And, you know, historically, I want you to understand that East Texas is a Confederate stronghold in Texas, which is why the Coop campaign, you know, our campaign headquarters is going to be in Tyler because that's where uh, we need to put the focus on. If we can, if we can, if we can uh, educate and bring up that vote in the rural, not just in East Texas, but West Texas, Odessa, and so forth and so on. If we can do that, we can move things, just like you said. So uh, keep it up. Sound like you're in the right direction. Okay, very good. So, um, good point. And I know Mr. Arthur. No, he, as he said, they work. They work this area strongly. I, I actually was still in the military when they came in and did all that kind of work. And actually, speaking of Ron Kirk, uh, when Ron Kirk ran for, when he ran for the mayor of Dallas, I was stationed in the uh, Dallas uh, uh, metropolitan area. And so he came to our military installation and um, asked us uh, for our support and to help him with his campaign. So we took off our uniforms in the evening time and became regular citizens and got out there to help to register people and uh, make sure that he won the mayoral seat, and he did that. So, Ms. Rihanna, can you brief us a little bit on your area or if you have any questions of Ms. Roxy? Well, I want to say that I am inspired listening to you. Um, you just have taken right off and, and figured out where you need to be and what you need to be doing there and getting results, and I like it. Um, you bring up so many excellent points, and you're just, uh, I agree with Arthur, you're absolutely headed exactly in the right direction. And in particular, when you mentioned um, the, you didn't call it this, but I say there's a lot of uh, propaganda is a main problem, dividing people, and that if we could just convince one another that, those things don't have to, to divide us. Because I think, too, you know, I'm of Caucasian persuasion, uh, but I grew up poor. And I look at other people who I know either grew up poor or are working, you know, in poor or not working in poor now, and I think, you know, that vote exactly the opposite of me. And I see that they're voting against their interests. And I think, well, how could, you know, how – I know what you're going through. You know, I know what you went through. Why on earth would you think that voting that direction is good? And it's always because of these wedge issue things that Republicans are just really great at feeding us propaganda over and to divide us. So I just, I like what you're saying. I think it makes so much sense, and it sounds like you're really doing a great job. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. So let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Ms. Brockley. Let's talk about uh, we talked about the Hispanic uh, population and um, 
what we brought out in the meeting, guys, is that um, what the one thing that I said after looking at some of the um, census uh, filling out uh, the forms of the census uh, that some Hispanics uh, check mark off as being uh, white, and uh, and that's probably really a big issue for. Um, for the Hispanic population because they may have more, more people that are voters uh, that, uh, but they sign their name off and they actually vote in a certain way. Uh, so can we talk a little bit about that? I think you kind of touched on it a little bit because you mentioned the Asian Americans as well, but, uh, but the big issue and the big discussion was uh, getting a, a seat or an area for uh, for Hispanics, so that Hispanics can actually be on the uh, on the ballot, and then well, they're on the ballot, but to uh, to have a seat at the at the table of uh, city council. So, can you talk a little bit about that, uh, Ms. Roxy? Yes, and I want to go back to um, just now. I, the point that was made about the poor, <laughs> because that widens our voter base as well. And if we can get in those cracks and crevices and really move the narrative on those wedge issues that were just spoken about, that uh, and making making poor people understand voting against your interests is not going to help yeah. your bottom line pocketbook. Yeah. <laughs> you have to get the milk with the cereal. You gonna have peanut butter with no jelly. I think that's <laughs> another strategy. Yeah. Another and add to the strategy because at the end of the day, everybody responds. My favorite mantra is follow the money. Because yeah. when people fight on where all that money is going and people really have to stop and look at the money, that changes everybody. Mm-hmm. And get to that, that segues right into the question you asked me. Um, and I will touch on a, a couple of things that are working now that I think we can implement and Tyler, that will touch all of those communities that we just spoke about, our Latinx brothers and sisters, our uh, white brothers and sisters that are poor, that are getting hammered in this economy, just like the rest of us, and just every demographic that we can infiltrate and get into with these tools, I, I just know in my heart we're going to be successful. And again, like we mentioned earlier, the key to getting into most communities is really building a trust, building a network of trust where people feel safe and empowered to come and exercise their rights. And part of right. that is what um, Pastor uh, Cooper brought up about PDF, Democracy Forward. That is our group that we we all met up in Austin this past summer, sort of a novel idea. My team and I put it together, Mr. Robert Williams out of Brazoria County um, heads uh, our team. And when the pastors came, and I, I just need you to bear with me for a good minute. When Pastor Cooper and Deacon Williams and, all, and Bishop Dixon sent out the clarion call, all the pastors came including yeah. uh, Dr. Barber. Um, we have yeah. pastors from everywhere. And when I tell you people, I don't care what your persuasion when it comes to your faith. If you could have been in that Capitol building that day, My yeah. God. 
It was something. <laughs> you could have seen all persuasions, all white ministers, black ministers, everybody mm-hmm. coming together. And that's this is why I know if we just strategize and we get into this thing like we're supposed to, there is no way that all of that good energy coming together can fail. Exactly. There's no way. And, exactly. and, unlike, and unlike in 2020, because of 2020, we have young people like uh, my friend Shelly uh, Baker, who has a platform called Block Power. Yeah. It's ingenious. <laughs> it's brilliant. And just like I mentioned Mike, at our Mike, 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 here time, yeah. Dr. Keller, Block. Um, it's like the old school Prell commercial. If you tell two people and they tell two people and they tell two people, <laughs> it's literally, the program is literally, if you reach out and sign up two people a month, you watch two, two to three minute videos. You can potentially earn a $20 gift card every month to pay on your internet or your phone bill. Because the premise that most of our people can't get the information because they just don't have access. And with the broadband desert that we have and the different issues we have facing our vulnerable communities, this is a simple platform which most everybody has a cell phone. Most all of the interactions, and this is targeting our younger generation, because most all of the interactions are done through text message. And it's just a brilliant platform. And it will, and their byline is building health, wealth, and power for your community. And we have these types of tools on top of fellows like me with the big dollar magnitude mapping strategies that we are all going to learn together. And the other platforms like District R, Representable.org, District R.org, Representable.org. Dave's redistricting2020.org. All of these are free platforms. They're online, and any citizen that wants to know how to do it can learn how to do it. And if we continue to build our infrastructure, we're training everybody, not just the younger generation, but everybody, how to use these technologies, and even if they don't use them, have knowledge of them, we can build an infrastructure that that should be sustainable for the next because it's going to take us at least 20 to get out of the hole that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. And that's being realistic. Right. (laughs) This is the work that laid the foundation to be here right now. And we have to keep that, we have to build it stronger and better so the next generation doesn't have to reinvent the wheel. So, yeah, so that that's really great. Uh, so, I, I mean, excuse me, uh, Mr. Williamson, we, uh, it was amazing to be in that Capitol building and to see all of those pastors and preachers and all the people across Texas coming to be a part of that. But I, I'm excited. But let, let me just say, let's take a look at why it's important for people to be interested in redistricting because it's, it's been really difficult to get. We have a few people 
that will come down and ask questions, uh, two or three. And, of course, if they're members of the League of Women Voters, they will, they will come down. But and, and I know that people are busy working and trying to put food on their tables. And I like what you just said about the uh, – about how they can pay for their – that's my first time hearing that. I, I, somewhere along the way, I guess I missed that. But that's an amazing uh, opportunity for people to be able to have their Internet service. But can you dialogue a little bit on why it's important? Why should we care about redistricting? Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. We'll, we'll start with you, and then we go to Pastor Cooper, then we go to Mr. Arthur, and then we'll end up with Ms. Rihanna. And talk a little, and bring out a little bit on, on gerrymandering. But thank you. Yes, ma'am. Um, well, the first thing for me is just the injustice and unfairness of it. you have a very small majority of people because they afford expensive attorneys that can wiggle and make all kinds of weird um, shapes out of our <laughs> out of where we live that they get to control everything. And the people have spoken time and time again that they don't want what's happening right now. So that's one for me. And two, why we should care about gerrymandering and redistricting is because more than just our voting power being disrupted and cracked and packed, we have to really think about is not just about our city and county lines. It's about our school board districts. It's about about our voting precinct. It's about how many places, how many polling places you're allowed to have, how many justices of the peace you have to serve your community, um, how your constables are hired and uh, distributed across your area. So for me, it's multi-layered. It's like my favorite movie, Shrek, is <laughs> so many layers to it. And if you're if you're not paying attention, like an onion, it begins to rot layer by layer. And to undo that work is just so exhausting. When we can we can advocate heavy on the front end, so we don't have to litigate as much on the back end. And that that's pretty much it in a nutshell for me. It boils down to everything where your kids, where your children go to school, just even where the lines are for you to do something as simple as get your tags for your car. So I'm I'm glad you that, that's perfect. Well said. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Miss Roxy. No, I was just I saying mean, I got a little tough. I got a little tough up because it it get it's so serious, and I'm sure. not exactly the message that we have to craft to make people understand how dire it is. Because yeah. when I think about these positions, these elected officials, they work for us. What other job could you possibly have on the planet where you can just do whatever you want with people's money and nobody holds you accountable? Exactly. I'm a bottom line girl. I want my money. I want all my coins. Where are they? <laughs> I like that. Well, yeah. you know, I, I, 
can I bring this out and then uh, and then I, you said something that re- reminded me of something else that we talked about tonight and and I get I get a little missed about uh, this uh, as well but I talked about a team I talked about my ancestors fighting for district two and three uh, that we may have a voice uh, downtown Tyler uh, on city council because even though even though district two and three were, were nothing but African Americans uh, lived in that community, North Tyler, nothing but African Americans lived there in um, in Butler College community where there was actually a college called Butler College where my my grandfather actually helped to build Butler College and then became a student and one of the first graduates of Butler College. That that HBCU is no longer there. Uh, Mr. Arthur and, and of course, uh, Pastor Cooper knows that is an old, 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 long time ago school. But that was where that um, community was named after uh, Butler College, the actual college. So what we see now happening, uh, that's why this redistricting is so important and, and that people need to come and cast their voices. And it was brought out tonight that that district, Butler College District, now it used to end with around about um, uh, the, it, well, it ended right in the uh, Butler College community. And now you see it expanding all the way out to, um, uh, it's out past the Cascades and the circle all around out south. And now it's in the area where Caucasians live. And so now you had, even though she didn't win, but you had a Caucasian female who ran across, uh, who ran against the present uh, councilman, uh, Councilman Roger McGee. He won and won again. Uh, so, uh, so that's what we see happening now. That's why this redistricting is so uh, important. These lines are drawn. It's so important, this gerrymandering. We need to get rid of it because these are the kinds of things that are happening. And so if we don't watch that very closely, of course, it, it can't. It really cannot happen because uh, the African Americans have that 50 plus one uh, percentage that's in those two districts. But if you keep drawing those lines further enough out there, then you may end up with those 50 plus one <laughs> Uh, Caucasian people, even though it's not supposed to work that way. But who knows what, what may happen with that. That's why another reason why it's so important. So we'll go to um, we'll go to you, Pastor Cooper, and talk about why you see and things and how things are over in the Beaumont area as far as the redistricting and the gerrymandering uh, is concerned. But, but more importantly, why you think it's important uh, for um, people to pay attention to what's going on with those lines. Pastor Cooper. Absolutely, and that's the reason why before the uh, redistricting, we were pushing so heavily in southeast Texas, uh, the census, because that, that's where they draw all the data and information from. And so when, when we don't pay attention then, it's almost too late to pay attention now, but we have to continue to push forward uh, because of other issues like this. Uh, they're locking up power when they're doing these uh, <clears throat> districts the way they're doing right now. They're trying to eliminate incumbents uh, that they don't like. They're trying to eliminate challengers that they don't like. They're trying to uh, make sure that there's extreme partisan gain. Uh, they're trying to dilute the minority voice and vote. I mean, this is stuff I've always uh, uh, looked at and, and try to preach and teach 
And these are all nuts and bolts uh, here, Ms. Roxy, that I work with every day. When you see me out there on the streets, uh, 856 miles one way north to south in Texas and east to west, about 500 or so miles, uh, I don't get a chance to talk about the nuts and bolts, but here on this show we get to talk about that. They're trying to split communities. This is what Dr. Cheryl McKellar is just talking about right now. They're trying to foster dysfunctionism. And so, so and there's a quote, and I'm going to close with this quote. It's from uh, that great theologian, uh, uh, Dietrich uh, Bonhoeffer. Uh, he said this. He said, stupidity is a more dangerous enemy of the, of the good than malice. Stupidity is a more dangerous enemy. They don't realize that when we do the things the way they should be done and draw the lines where they should be drawn, iron actually sharpens iron. And what's going to happen, they're going to continue to draw them, like Dr. Sherman Keller alluded to, is that they're going to end up reaching across and, and, and reaching back around, and it's going to end up being in the favor because uh, I think Roxy said something earlier, is that they're more than just white folks, Caucasian folks, in the rural area. So they're going to end up drawing a line to the point where it's going to be dysfunction for them. So anyway, that's all. That's, I can go on and on, but I'm going to stop. Now you brought, and I'm going to jump back in there, Pastor Cook, because you brought out something very important, and, that, and there, is, there, are more, there are more black people that live in rural uh, East Texas yes. than Caucasian people. Why? Because keep this in mind. Black people were the real farmers back in the day. Uh, my yeah. family were agriculture people, and we we owned. I I grew up on 500 acres of land. We lived on the land, yeah. and so and and the people, and maybe not so many people that right where I lived, but people who were farmers. They lived in the rural, and those were black people. That's what their professions were, right? They were either right. a teacher or they uh, they were farmers. And so um, right. I can remember, Miss Roxy, and I've told this to uh, the team members many times before, um, it, was, it was not until 1987 that my father became a member of the Rose Rose Association. He was never invited uh, to be a part, and then my grandfather was never. He passed away at almost one, age 100, and he was never allowed to be a member of the Rose Rose Association. However, uh, 50, 60% of the roses that was used in our Quote, exactly. our rose festival parades that we have and our rose festival queens and that whole thing, that whole week that we just finished at, there in October uh, came from our land. But they were not, a, they could not be a part of that, that association, which was a, um, the la creme, the la creme of people who were in the rose uh, industry and as well. So um, my father said, well, it doesn't matter. All I want to do is be able to sell my roses and put clothes and food on yeah. my, my family. <laughs> that was well, about my, me. I, hey, in Cedar Bayou, um, my uh, great-grandmother's sister had land, which we still have. My cousin and I were working most of the pandemic doing some renovations on the properties out there. But I didn't know anything about food until I was almost an adult. <laughs> we fished, they bought their own meat, they grew their own vegetables. Other than the basic from the store, we didn't know anything about processing. Sure, sure, exactly. We never, my goodness. Uh, 
I, I can remember. That's probably why, I, and I say this all the time, Ms. Roxy, I'm not a real big meat eater because we used to see all of those animals on the land, and then they mm. put them inside of a fence, and then they keep them there for a period of time, I guess, to cleanse their system so that they can kill them in order to be able to have meat. And then we had this little house out back that had all this meat and stuff was hanging from the ceiling. And uh, so these were animals that we, we ran around the farm and played around with, and then suddenly yeah, they were hanging okay. from... <laughs> yeah, but a couple of times, yeah. you know, you quit getting them names. You learn to quit naming them after a while. So now I don't want to know you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, go ahead, Mr. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. You can go ahead and share with us why, uh, since since you got in there, and gave that important. Go ahead. Well, I'm enjoying talking about tonight because, like I say, you know, she her energy, she's heading the right direction. So just stay focused. Uh, but I but because I like to give you some context again, which I was doing the show anyway. But basically, I want you to know that uh, gerrymandering, we were born into gerrymandering. We were born into gentrification. All that ain't none of that new. So when you approach when you approach those issues, approach it from a historical perspective because, uh, if, if you know, a lot of people want you to think that it just happened yesterday. No, it's always been like that. So, you know, just, uh, you know, approaching that, and I think we can do I think we can kind of uh, get a handle on it. Uh, now I think we, you know, we must uh, uh, develop a respected black vote. That's what we have to do. The the Hispanics, they vote basically six to forty, uh, and so you know we voted to block, like you said. And so basically, what we need to do is uh, get some respect for our black block. Uh, we have the largest number, not percentage, but the largest number of black folks. In any state, there's no reason for us not to have an organized uh, power base. And so uh, that's what uh, we're looking to Michael Cooper to do, and I think he's going to be able to get that part uh, together for for Texas. Very good good point. Uh, You're you're absolutely correct, and uh, and that's why we cannot cannot allow them – to change the lines in the wrong direction because it's gonna it's gonna affect those relevant voters, right? And then it's gonna change uh, it's gonna change what our districts uh, look like. It's gonna change what our communities uh, look like. It's gonna change that um, the, the political process completely in the direction where where we're not gonna we're not gonna see uh, diversity. In this country, and I think that's where uh, many people are trying to take us to. Uh, would you say, Miss Rihanna? And we'll go to you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it, it, you know, as uh, Arthur was saying, it's it, gerrymandering, nothing new, like you said. But more crucially, it's been such an instrumental thing in protecting white supremacy and depriving black Americans of political power for such a long time and also happens to be critical as a tool that must be taken away completely out of the hands of anyone in political power 
if we ever have any hope of dismantling the structural white supremacy and racism. I mean, it's all just a big circle until we get rid of crucial things like gerrymandering. And, you know, so it's just, this is right where we need to be, making sure people understand this, making sure people understand that this is like the whole enchilada kind of big deal aspect of things. It's an issue to vote on. It's an issue to educate one another about. Um, it, there's really no going back if, if, if this deadly tool continues to be used and played. And, you know, it, it, it's, there's no point in playing the game if, if it gets to be rigged like this. And this isn't a game. This is our existence and, you know, our future. So Very good. I just, this is a great, a great discussion and worthy, worthy work to be doing. Great. Very, very good. You know, uh, Ms. Rana just made me uh, think about things. And, and that is, okay, we're in the 21st century today. This is November the 8th, 2021. Let's stop and think about who was having this same fight and this same discussion years and years and years ago, Patrick Henry and Madison, right? Yeah. Over James. Yeah. Way back in the, when the, the the new constitution was supposed to have been authored, they were drawing lines and having fights politically way back then. And here we are. Brother Arthur was referencing that this is way back then. Way back. Yeah. It yeah. makes no sense that, that we're still we're still talking about uh, that gerrymandering is alive and it's well and it's active and it's doing bad stuff still politically yeah. right now. Carving out and taking over territories yeah. that belong to somebody else. I think about I think about this and let let's dialogue a little bit on this. I think about when you go down at the courthouse on the uh, courthouse square and you see uh, land that is being uh, taxed off and that same thing was happening back then, taking other folks' property uh, yeah. for $10 worth of tax, right? And yes, you're doing that. that. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Go ahead. What did you say? My friend, that that's the, that you know that that the system is set up to steal. Uh, I hate to say it, but but the right. truth is, America right. raised it, it was set up on thievery, and the system that's been put in place has been set up to steal. I mean, they steal folks' retirement yeah. and all that kind of stuff it, today. They still do that. Uh, you know, yeah. they still, look at all the look at all the, the kind of commercials that they are putting on TV, and they actually know they you know they they just misleading people stealing. And mm-hmm. and they said, well, it's legal. Well, yeah, you yeah. made stealing legal. Maybe it's it's cool. much like you, you know, and then they tell it's you, they say, well, and they say, well, yeah, they say, well, ignorance of the law is no excuse. Really? That's why we have <laughs> to inspect and influence the legislation and make sure that we are at the table making the laws. There yeah. you go. That's there you go. That's, that's why we have, have, we have to have a balance every elected office in this country because who can fight for what I need better than myself, right? 
or for what my mm-hmm. people need better than somebody that looks like that particular uh, ethnicity of people. So it, it's, it's hey, a tragedy. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, I'm going to give you just an example of, uh, you know, of the global thievery. Now, you know, Biden was just over in, you know, he was overseas, you know, for the summit and so forth. Now, they got together, the the, the, G, the G7, they got together right. and said, well, okay, well, we're going to start doing it. We're going to charge a 15% tax on these multinationals because, they, you know, they just let them get away with it, right? And so now mm-hmm. at least, at least now, and over here, the Republican was fighting against Biden to do anything like that. Right, and so he went over. He made a he made a global deal, where you know they they you know they'll do that. So I'm just saying that the system is set up to steal people's stuff. It's just set up mm-hmm. like you know. That's so until we do something about that, until we do something about that, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You know. Yep. So Miss Roxy, what is it that we see that we can do about that? Um, and I guess you may have kind of outlined it a little bit, but let let's hear. Uh, what what can we do about that aside from having elected officials at the table that looks like everybody that diversity that we're looking for uh, on on uh, all politics are local and we know that so starting from uh, city council all the way up to president of the United States and in particular those who are bosses real bosses because I tell people all the time uh, the president can only do so much what he could, he or she was going to he all this time uh, can get the Congress and the Senate to do, and if he can't get them to do much, uh, he can't do much. So That's Ms. right. Rock- <laughs> Go ahead. Well, for me, this again, these layers. <laughs> because mm-hmm. for me, the first thing, like we're doing it now, we're we're opening up the dialogue, we're pulling together coalitions. We're, you know, we have building blocks, right? However, on the local level, this is something that I would like to see more of our city council um, people and other people that are already in position do. There are boards and commissions where people can be appointed. You know, you just said, you know your community better than anybody. I know that on some level, we have between our affinity groups and our church congregations that we know somebody that if we just give them some encouragement and a little nudge that we could get to possibly be on the housing uh, commission that we could appoint to be, you know, uh, on the, um, what do you call it? I know right now for a fact that a school board on the state level is looking for just a regular citizen that feels like they want to come and be at the table to do some state work on a school board. And you don't have to be any special somebody. You just, you know what I mean? They have the rules and regulations or whatever, and if you qualify, you can do it. We need to really educate our public on what's available to them for them to even begin to learn how their government works because I think that's where we are. We need people in position However, we have not educated our electorate enough to even build any excitement, especially with our younger generation, which a lot of these commissions and boards, they qualify for. And we could get them in, some young blood, some new ideas, and start to build our infrastructure from the inside out. Because, like you said, the politics are local. And if we have... 
one black city council person and one Hispanic city council person, but we don't have anybody but the opposition on school board. We don't have anybody in the constable office that is friendly to progressive thought. Those things work against us. So all the work that we're doing, we're kind of spinning our wheels if we can't find the balance, like you said earlier. And I would just really like to see more, I guess, outreach done, because we know some people that will be really good in these positions if only we were to take the time to encourage them, educate them, and get them to build a passion for advocacy. Because at the end of the day, it's about our capacity to advocate for our community. Absolutely. Beautiful. So well So well said. Uh, Pastor Cooper, any comments from you? Absolutely. You know, and being at the top of the ticket running for governor of the state of Texas, that's the reason why I put so many miles on my body, my car, and my family, and people around me, and, and run across wonderful uh, voices and, and, and strong-minded people like uh, Sister Rocky, uh, is to uh, motivate and encourage people. Uh, you know, there are parties out there, whether it's a Republican or Democrat, that say that they're looking to recruit candidates. Matter of fact, their, their position, I met a guy in the Democratic Party, that's supposed to be his job, but I never heard of him, and he never heard of me. So there's a problem with that. So we, we have to go out there and advocate for those that's going to come along and train them and prepare them, give them the tools, and that's the most. I was with HPAC here locally in uh, Beaumont, uh, what's today, Monday, I think Thursday night, and, um, you know, we were talking about training them up, how to dress, how to speak, what subjects are, are, are needed to uh, uh to, to present to the table what, what, what's, what's going on, uh, what, what each position uh, requires of you. So we can't just say we, we need to have people in, in Austin and have people in local uh, government, but we have to train these people. And people like Roxy, that, that's, what it, she does. that's why I'm pushing for her to come to Beaumont Thursday or not we put on a Zoom. Uh, we don't want to wear out. But we just have to make sure that we're reaching back and pulling someone up I'm going to San Antonio. There's a young lady out there. She has some precinct chairs that they're trying to, uh, you know, every city, uh, they're short of precinct chairs. That's a place right there. So we we have to go back and reach one, teach one. Excellent. (laughs) Absolutely excellent. Yes. That's the key. And we have to, I'm sorry, Ms. Roxanne, I'm going to give it back to you. We, We have to get more of our people involved in what is going on around them. That's why I was saying early on, I know that people are concerned with their kitchen table issues, getting their kiddos off to school, keeping them safe, especially now during this pandemic, uh, trying to put food on the table, uh, going to work and all of that. But we have to continue to impress upon people the importance of giving a little bit of time yourself uh, to get out there and find out what is going on because these things are affecting you and your family. And in the long run, it's affecting you in a negative way and not a good way. Indeed. So I'm expecting that when Push Democracy Forward, Pastor Dixon and Pastor Cooper and the other pastors start making their rounds around the state, that your churches will give them go ahead and reach out and start sending them invitations and get your stewardship committee on top of this. <laughs> yeah. And what I found out too, and I don't, I've got the uh, 
get on the website to verify, but I was also told that the Secretary of State or your local municipalities, whoever is supposed to do it, um, you know, the new voter registration cards go out at the end of the year. So I wanted to throw that out there to be watching your mailboxes. And I'm I'm going to say this like this. I My mantra for my voter training classes is if you're registered to vote, double-check your registration. If you're not registered to vote, get registered to vote. If you're That's registered right. to vote, you want to help become a voter registrar. Once you become a voter registrar, if you look around your precinct and you don't see a precinct chair, then if you don't want to do it, help us recruit somebody that will. So that's kind of just the building blocks of where we need to be and what we need to be looking for because until we fill up some of these gaps on the ground level, we won't be able to build upward and outward because we'll be falling hey, through right, the gaps. Right. Hey, hey, Roxy, uh, uh, the Biden administration, I mean, DOJ, uh, filed a lawsuit against the Texas voter suppression uh, apparatus. Right. Uh, so so where does that leave us as uh, registrars and, and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, get the vote and so forth and so on? So what, what effect does that have going that forward? That means for us to keep, for us to use this opportunity the way the other side would use it, what would they be doing? But we're going to do it with in, in a Christ-like manner, and we're going to use it as an opportunity to push harder, grind harder, register more people to vote until they do something. Well, 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 that's what I was talking about. Was no, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm speaking as okay. I'm I'm I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm gonna be the skeptical vote. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes, I just heard. Oh, okay. Now I just heard that my vote had been sub- severely been suppressed. I might go to jail if I try to vote. Yeah, okay, you know, so what am I, you know, now what you going to say to me? What I'm how you going to reach me? Is, how I'm going to reach you is I already have some literature on that, and we're going to have, we, I, I, I have time for you today. <laughs> because this is why we train and make sure that our PRs know their election law, right? And I haven't looked at any of the, you know, I hadn't seen that story yet about the uh, lawsuit. But the first thing I would do as someone who does this um, and try to keep my people informed, I'm going to go look that up as soon as I get off the call. And I'm going to highlight um, whatever they are saying that we can and cannot do, like um, when they hit Georgia with the you can't give people water or any food while they're standing in line. Right. Right. I would if you were to come to me with that problem, I would make it no better, no worse. We, As long as we are at a, uh, our legal distance away from the polling place, we can have uh, our homeboy with the food truck, and we'll get some volunteers to make sandwich, brown sandwich bags <laughs> and have people. Well, I guess what I'm saying. Well, I, I, have I, I, I guess what I'm saying is that because. So they get their food. <laughs> hey, hey, I guess what I'm saying because you're working with all these different organizations. I'm saying that. Then y'all's process and whatever you're doing, you know, you need to have, you know, y'all need to be, be because they're out there. They got a lot of mileage out of that misinformation. And if you all yes. in your processes, right. if you're not countering that, if, if, you, if you're just going on like they didn't, like everybody know, then yeah, you, no, you need to disadvantage some. So, so I'm saying y'all have to have some type of, you know, process yeah, no, in order I'm to. Tell, I'm going to tell you who they are because, um, all of the jurisdictions I'm working with, I'm trying to get representation to your jurisdiction 
That group is called Indivisible Texas Ledge. They have different huddles that keep up with all of the different legislation. They keep up with everything. Like, you just dropped the news on me. I probably have a ding in my Slack channel when I check it later because they've already shared the documentation. They already have their different law teams and, you know, ground organizing teams breaking down the legislation so we can craft the narrative for the calls to action that are going to go out, right? And so can I add, there's an indivisible in every state. I just wanted to add that yes, really quick for listeners. Yes, they're nationwide. Indivisible.org uh, is the national. Indivisible Texas Ledge is our one of one of the indivisible groups here in Texas because they have several different huddles. Mm-hmm. Um, but the we, the grassroots are already on that. That's what I'm saying. Like we're the the wheels have been in motion. Um, most of us have been working since the 87th legislature started. Like we have not legit had any breaks at all because they kept calling special session after special session. Then we went right. directly into redistricting. Then we're going. You know they have teams working on the CRT. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because it's not even a thing, but, you know, it's a thing. So, right. so the organizations are already on that work. We've been doing it at least for the last two years now. Very good. So, well, let me just throw this in there that the, we were talking about the school board and we were talking about uh, families uh, just trying to put food on their tables and everything. But we also have to uh, make them understand uh, how uh, how I should say, I'm just going to say how really bad gerrymandering is for for their children. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. it it hurts uh, at child uh, child care, providing a good uh, affordable child care, I should say, and it, it affects the their education. It it, it just affects uh, all kinds of uh, things when they gerrymander and draw these lines and and uh, draw out the young children of color. Uh, so that they don't get the things I, I can remember uh, in the uh, the predominantly black schools when uh, when they had the separate but equal nothing was equal uh, the uh, the textbooks and the band uniforms and the majorette uniforms and the drill team uniforms all of those were hand me down from other schools uh, to the African American schools right Mr Arthur. And, and and Pastor Cooper school knows about even the school bus. If we could make them fear gerrymandering the way they, if somebody uh, can yeah. help me craft, it, we'll work it out. <sighs> yes, that's right. Well, you just you just you just lambasted us with another subject. That <laughs> 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 we need to talk about. <laughs> we need to talk about that. We'll start with Miss Rihanna. And uh, Miss Rihanna, if you open that that uh, current can can of worms for us, CRT, and and talk a little bit about that, and then we'll we'll get started on that. We got nine twenty seven right now. We got about another uh, half an hour, and so uh, so let's talk a little bit about that. What's interesting, and and I'm just going to say this part, and then we we'll give it to Miss Rihanna. I was I was watching a commercial. Uh, and I don't do much TV, but I, I, I'm a news buff, and I, I keep it going. But but they have commercials, and so so they were uh, that when this newscaster um, was interviewing 
uh, this gentleman, and he said, I'm just really against that uh, critical race theory they're teaching in the schools and so forth and so on. And so uh, they said, well, what is it about it that you don't like? He said, well, I don't know much about it. Uh, As a matter of fact, I don't know anything about it, but I don't like it. (laughs) So (laughs) with that being said, I get the human's reaction. (laughs) Exactly. And how do you think his mind got that way? Oh, right. that he was, exactly. Yeah, it's man. about crafting the narrative as much yes, as outland as it is. The narrative right. stuck. Yes, it did. Yes, hey, it did. Hey, hey, Shirley. Hey, yes, hey, sir. Hey, Shirley, back in the seventies, when they first started doing that uh, race training in the military. I, like I said, I was one of the first classes, <clears throat> and so this this uh, tech started from Kentucky. It was in his okay. class, all sitting around, you know, take out your stripes. And then so uh, you know, it was time I race, and so and so the guy, and so he made a statement, you know, you know, he didn't like black people, and so and, and so the guy, and so the you know class guy, he asked me, he said, well, 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 why you don't like him? He he said, I just don't like him. <laughs> yeah. You know, Okay. okay. Riveting, riveting story, Kentucky guy. You know, <laughs> oh, goodness. Idiot. Your neighbor, Miss Donna, you didn't do a good job. Oh, gosh. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Go ahead. Oh, my goodness. Well, so some things ain't changed, is all I'm saying. Some things yeah. have not changed. That's right. Yeah. Oh, you guys you guys took the thoughts right out of my mouth. I was gonna mention I saw that it was uh, from the Daily Show. Yeah. <laughs> oh I you know, my I'm a one issue person. I'm gonna you know, I don't want that critical race theory in my school. I mean, it turns out right. the guy has no kids in school and that, has no clue what critical out. race theory is. That's it. That's it. I and, mean and no children children that none of them do. None of them do, but we actually, this is like, you know, how you trade, we talk a lot about the, you know, COVID and uh, Dr. Hackney and uh, Dr. McKellar tell us the scientific aspects of it, and we scientifically, like you trace a virus, can trace where this stupid narrative came from, the propagandist the right-wing propagandist who came up with the idea to make this an issue. You know, somebody who knows better and is highly paid to put out that kind of propaganda and get way ahead of it, you know, and set that narrative before anybody else. Facebook let them make money. It'll it'll always stick. Facebook let them make make money off of that. That's why how it got out of hand. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're good at it. They're so good at it, and they use it for such evil things. Imagine if we could get better at it with our message, with our messages. But, it, you know, we got we to gotta play their game better than they can play it. Well, hey, hey, you know, normally I say black folks in an abusive relationship with America. Well, now yeah. well, tonight I'm going to well, say, hey, America is in an abusive relationship with America. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
Indeed, and I agree with all of that. And I would add, though, we don't need to play their game. We need to change the game completely. <laughs> there you go. I'll sit down and rebuild. Well, not even rebuild it. We are going to build something completely new, <laughs> something okay. completely new. And I think that is the problem. We have to – there are certain things about what's happened to our republic, especially after January 6th that we can no yes. longer normalize and make normal. We will not okay. normalize the function. The Confederacy has had long enough to do what it needs to do. It is time yes. to bury it for all. Yes. And that comes in everything. And what they're calling critical race theory is, is in reality correcting the narrative. Yes. Because nobody learns critical race theory, but third, fourth law students. None of I'm not on that level, so that's right. What we're talking about is correcting a narrative that has been allowed to permeate for way too long, i.e. No, no, they said that they don't want their kids' feelings hurt. That's what they said. They want their kids' feelings hurt. They don't care about your kids, though, but they don't want their kids' but feelings hurt. Babies, we have to give our babies the talk before they can even drive. Right. They're born into it. So I'm sorry about them little frail ones, but they're going to have to toughen up, Buttercup. <laughs> We're about to change the whole narrative, period. And they can't stop yes. the brownie. can't stop it. Okay. Yeah, one of the kids had a great answer. It's a little kid said this. They said, well, well if they're going to you know, quit teaching in the books, then what about the Internet? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, try, try to shut that one down, right? Yeah, yeah, right. That's right. And you know what, kids? That young, the younger generation is smart. They don't believe all that nonsense, the things on Facebook that that the older people fall for. They don't. They think critically. Thank God, they think critically. Yeah. They, they find really their own answers. They find their own they're digging for themselves. They're, they're, they're great researchers, aren't they? They find their own Yes, they are. Yeah. Right about that. Yeah. Right about that. This is wonderful. Wow. Don't, so don't discount them. Do not discount This is the dialogue that should be happening all the time, all the all time. The well, um, come back, sis. Yeah. This is what we do. This is what we do. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I will do. come back but, with updates. <laughs> but that, that's why I laugh. Very good. I had y'all, Sister Roxy, she was so excited when I was in Galveston last, and and, and and a lot of preachers just talking, you know, as preachers do. And she said, "Wait a minute, we need some some some, some guidelines, some rules. We need a, a plan. We need a structure." And, a, and I said, "I love this Roxy more." And she, she just my, my out. Favorite, but, my favorite word is strategy. Strategy. <laughs> She's like pulling at the crowd to, to, to tell them, listen, I've seen that you all before. We've done this before. Well, you had the dress rehearsal. And, you know, I, I can ad lib for you know. And uh, I was like, bless her, bless her heart. They're going to get it, Miss Roxy. Don't, don't give up on them. Don't get uh, right. Brother Arthur, always tell me, those are your uh, voters, constituents. Those are the people that we need so we can't get Frustrated with him, you know. Jeremiah, God, you know, I'm pastor. God, God told Those Jeremiah not to look at that stony heart, huh? Those your followers. Those, those, those your followers. Don't, don't, don't look at that stony hearts. 
So we have to continue to, to, to push. Matter of fact, let me say this piece uh, before. I don't know what time it is. I'm losing track of time. But uh, y'all talking about uh, the different rules. Okay, the different rules of, of voting and things like that. Uh, uh, we're not on Roku yet. I think it's going to be this Thursday. But we're on Tiz.tv, T-H-I-Z-Z dot TV. Click yeah. on Michael Cooper. Now, I'm not just not to plug about me being governor of Texas or anything like that. It's just that we were informing voters on that page, yeah. our page. And, and and there were like eight different clips. And one of those things uh, that we need to remind them is that they're not going to mail you a ballot if you're a senior or someone is doing a mail-in ballot. You must request it. That, that was it. just drilled in me over and over when I was doing those spots. So please remember, brother, sister, uh, uh, madam, uh, you know, please, Mr. Reverend, Dr., whomever, request your ballot so that you can get it and make sure you do not have anyone assist you with that because they can commit uh, a misdemeanor and have a fine. Exactly. Very good. Great, great point. Great point. Yeah. So where do we go from here? That That's my next question. Where Where do we go from here? I think that, that we've actually laid, laid this out tremendously on what we need to do uh, in order to move the narrative forward. And I, I noticed there are some people, and I think um, maybe Ms. Rihanna, somebody brought it out, maybe it was Ms. Proxy, is that, that how we have to, say what our narrative is, what we need to, the information we need to get out there to the people and just hammer that thing day and night and night and day. Uh, Ms. Roxy has a strategy for the next 10 years because before we know it, it'll be time for census again. And so we have to work all the way until uh, Attorney uh, James uh, mentioned this on, uh, on our call tonight is that we need to get busy, whether we do it quarterly, uh, whether we do it monthly. We don't, want, we don't want to wear people out, but this is a message that we need to work on of how we can lay out what we want to say to get the message to the people and then how we get the message to the people. And we're expanding. Uh, radio is big time. I've been doing radio since 1972. It's big. Uh, but, but we can also do it on TV. We have our new sophisticated way of television uh, now, so um, internet radio, internet TV, all of those are powerful uh, uh, pieces of, of uh, advertisement that we can use in order to educate uh, the public. Ms. Roxy, anybody, I'll turn it back over to any of the one of you that want to jump in and, and have comments in regards to how we are going to be able to join in with Ms. Roxy and crowd in that uh, uh, Academy and all of the other amazing groups and and I, I'm I'm telling you, Miss Roxy, we've been talking about this a lot. Is that when we were growing up, always knew that the uh, people in the churches were going to get the political message out uh, to the black people in our communities. Everything worked through the churches, and so it's great. We were down there in Austin, Texas, and we saw the pastors and the preachers and the bishops and all of those to come uh, come forth and come together, hold hands in solidarity to educate our people. Go ahead, anybody. Okay, yeah. I'll jump. <laughs> yeah, Go jump ahead. in there, Ms. Roxy. 
our okay, pastor, go ahead. Well, I would just let this be my final thing that I leave with you. Um, just with everything that we talked about, at the end of the day, it lands with our voting rights and protecting and expanding our right and access to vote. And I just ask that everybody as they think about how they would like to contribute to the actions that will be uh, going forward and the next steps as we build them, that you really think about your networks and think about how we can really build upon outreach. Because even though all of our jurisdictions are a bit different and nuanced, we're all fighting the same battle in Texas. So I know that we can build a consensus and build a groundswell, and then we're just going to keep on moving in the way of the Lord and know that we're doing the right thing, and it's all going to work out for the good of those who serve. That's beautiful. So well said. <laughs> beautiful. Uh, Pastor Cooper? I love what she said. That I was uh, yeah. with my brother, Ed Gray, and uh, we were at the TSU game, uh, and they won victories over Southern. And uh, we helped an assistant pass, uh, hand out the trophy. And uh, Brother Ed Gray called us up, and, and, and he gave us a free spot. I mean, he's been doing radio also. And I've just been blessed with you folks that have been doing radio for so long and with your uh, expertise and professionalism. And he called us up, and we did an impromptu uh, spot, and several spots, actually. Brother Arthur was there. And he asked me, he said, what are you running for now? And, and I, I quickly said, didn't care if we were live, and I said, I'm running for Jesus. And, and, and that's the key, and that's the secret right there. And I had other people ask me, they said, well, I'm not comfortable with a pastor uh, being my governor. I said, well, you really need to, whether you're agnostic or atheist or anything else, Muslim, it doesn't matter. I said, you need to study the, the, the Christ I study, and, and he is love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So because of my background, I have learned to love everyone and everybody in spite of background, ethnicity, race, or anything. And so and that's what we need. Love can never fail. And, and so no matter how they change the rules, gerrymandering, even though uh, gerrymandering when it started back with Madison, is the shape of a dragon, and that was the shape of it. And it looked like a salamander or whatever it was, so they put mander at the end of it. But this is a devil from hell, and we've got to rebuke it and send it back. So at that point, we have to continue to fight the good fight. Protest is necessary, even though it's moving the needle a little bit at the time. At the time. And we must make sure we encourage and encourage one another. That's all I have. Thank you. Beautiful. You know, Pastor Cooper, that's interesting that uh, those comments are great because you reminded me of when you said that they said they can't see a pastor uh, being the governor, I remember, and all of us remember, uh, probably I'd say the smartest candidate that I've ever known in my political career. And the first campaign I ran on, uh, that I worked on, I was 18 years of age, but my father got me involved in working uh, campaigns. And that was none other than, as she's affectionately called, the Hill, and that would be Hillary Clinton. The brightest, uh, the smartest, I'm, I mean, she, the most political, the most um, uh, knowledgeable uh, candidate yeah. that has ever run for president of the United States. 
is Hillary Clinton. But I heard people say, and I had people to say to me, uh, a, a woman should not be the president of the United States. She should not uh, uh, be in charge of uh, the man. And so I said, um, well, uh, she she's not running the church. She's I mean because he is <laughs> laying out to me he's laying out to me that uh, how his right. church uh, operated. And I said, well, she's she's not running your church. Uh, she's right. she's uh, running to serve as uh, it's, it's service. That's what she is actually providing. If she wants, yes, that's what uh, that's what uh, political offices are all about. It's service to mankind. And I'm sure that uh, uh, my sister, Miss Roxy, uh, hears and understands that statement, knows exactly what I'm talking about when I say service to all mankind. Uh, that's what she was talking about doing, and that's what the office of the President of the United States is, serving service to uh, the military, service uh, to the budget and our monies and our finances for this country, because many people do not know what the real duties of of, of president is. I mean, uh, Donald Trump got a lot of people all confused uh, by him saying all of these things that he was going to be doing and that he had no power uh, to do and that uh, the people who uh, run this country are the the, the Senate and the Congress, uh, congressional people, and then they work closely and hand-in-hand with the president so that the president was able to uh, accomplish some things for the uh, for the country as well. But at the end of the day, the uh, the president is the commander in chief of the armed forces and cuts our budget every day. And then after that, in the military, we used to say he uh, buries uh, buries soldiers and uh, veterans and or military personnel and, and kiss babies and uh, try to keep the safety of the country all together. So, go ahead. Before I say what I'm going to say, uh, t- the reason the reason Hillary, I'm going to give you my take on why Hillary didn't win. Number one, the reason she didn't win is because she was married to Bill. That's number one reason. Okay. She was married to Bill. Uh, and then and, and then she was also, you, you remember she had that, you remember that predator com- uh, comment, okay? You know, that didn't help none. But the, oh, but the biggest it. reason that they didn't win, but the biggest reason they didn't win was because they were operating this what they call a triangulation strategy, where they only just mm-hmm. these these states here, right? And then and then at the end of the and, at, and toward the end of the campaign, if you remember, instead of her reaching out to her base, you know nobody wants to reach out to black folks in public. Uh, instead of reaching out to her base, she was going after that that modern white vote thing that they be trying to you know mm-hmm. trying to get that independent white vote. And 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 then and then uh, 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 Comey busted out that. About that fake investigation on her. So right. that's why she and, didn't and, win. And I get that. Otherwise, well, she would True, and I agree. But but I guess the point that I was really making is not why she didn't win, but what the guys, these men were saying, why? Because Pastor Cooper said. Yeah, but Cooper she would have still won. Yeah, but she would have still won. But but she still would have won. She 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 was oh, winning oh, up yeah. until the end. She was winning. Yes. Oh, I, oh, so, I get that. So so I yeah, yeah. But you also well. have people like. You know, she was she she was gonna win. But look at but basically, I want to say is is uh mm-hmm. is uh, uh you know to Roxy and and the groups that you know that I'm working with uh okay. and, and the Democratic Party. 
y'all, y'all, these are fascists. This we're in a fascist, a fascist situation. These yes. people are not playing. Uh, yeah. You know, we keep. I, I keep hearing folks talk like these are normal people. They trying to cut <laughs> your head off. That's what they trying to do? Mm-hmm. And we walk around exactly. like, oh, you know, whether we just if we just you know, no, no, no. And, and I like to see more urgency. I like to see more urgency than what I see right now. Okay, yeah. go ahead, Miss Roxanne. Capital. They're not joking. They're not joking. They defecate our nation's capital. Even the Confederate, the original Confederates didn't do that. Yes, there you go. There you go. We're talking about January 6th now and the insurrection. But but we also have to dispel what what Pastor Gruber was talking about and what I was really talking about, and and that is that we have to dispel uh, that that pastors cannot run for office. That's ludicrous, and that a woman cannot run this country. That's right. ludicrous, uh, and that's that's all I'm saying. We have to dispel those myths because there are people who believe that, and they they're looking at it. Uh, from a biblical perspective, when it comes to a woman, a woman is not supposed to uh, run the country. A man is supposed to. And then, then now we hear a pastor is not supposed to run for a governor yeah. of Texas. Uh, it should be well, a person. Ronald Reagan was not, was Ronald Reagan was Ronald Reagan. I, I don't think he was a preacher. Was he a preacher? He was an actor. See, I, I was an actor. Well, he was with them high priests. He was with them high priestess people. Who, who, who them folks were? You know him and him and him. He was a he was a cowboy. He's the Western movies. He's pretend. He's a pretender. He's a pretender. Like like the one we just had. He was a pretender. He was a pretender too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pretender. Well, we're we're not all kind of, all kinds of seances after dark. Come on now, you know yep. you're yep. busy. Good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Miss Rocky. This is a rowdy group you with tonight. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah this is my tribe. As it gets later. Yeah, we get a great. As it gets later, they get worse. This is my tribe. Right, your tribe is right now. It's nine fifty, and they running out of time. They know they only got a few more minutes to talk about it. You gotta get our punches in. Get the licks in. <laughs> get their licks in. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so we well, gonna we gonna get ready. We gonna get ready to have everybody to get their licks in. So we'll start. We'll start with Mr. Arthur and let him give his final comments, and then we'll go to Pastor Cooper, and and then we we'll, then we'll we'll come to to you, Miss Roxy, and then me, and then Miss Rihanna always takes us out and she gives us our theme song and, and give us our final comments for the evening. It has been an amazing pleasure to have you on, my sorority sister, uh, with us on tonight. You're just amazing, brilliant woman, and we really appreciate that. So with that being said, Mr. Arthur, we're going to go to you and let you uh, uh, give us your final comments for the evening and, and let the uh, listeners know out there whatever it is that you want them uh, to hear from you. Go ahead. I was going to say, Roxy, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, we really enjoyed you uh, being on the show tonight, and uh, you hope you'll come back. Uh, and basically, just what I said a while ago, these people ain't playing, y'all. They are serious. We, you know, I like to live with more urgency 
uh, in your activism and, and, you know, and whatever you do. Uh, and just, again, remember, we're in a change moment. This is change time. This is what change looks like. Everything crazy. But there is a method to the madness. And the method is for you to stay focused. Stay focused on uh, your common sense and stay focused on, uh, like Roxy said, you know, just doing uh, the work. Very good. I passed Cooper. Awesome, awesome. Ms. Roxy, again, thank you uh, for being with us tonight. Again, either Zoom or in person. We look forward to seeing you Thursday night at 7 p.m. with the NAACP Beaumont chapter to continue this conversation. Y'all, I have some things that hit my headlines every day, and one of those things today is that Big Bird announced that he's vaccinated. <laughs> All right. and, and so you should, you should be too. Yeah, yeah. Ted Cruz went after him, had, had a hard time. Uh, uh, with that, and, and, and yeah, they, they had issues with that. The other thing is that that's the reason why I, I'm running for, uh, for for governor of Texas is for all the people, but then also for poor people, and then our, our, our black folks, which are percent number one to be missing, and, and, and there's no action being taken in those areas. So we want to bring uh, uh, light to those issues, and we're going to do that on this new channel, Thiz TV, T H I Z Z dot TV. Click on Michael Cooper. I want to be your next governor of Texas, fighting for all people at all times. Thank you. That's beautiful. And, and Pastor Cooper, could you go ahead and give us a, a how people can find you and your donate slot and all that, uh, and and how much and all of just just give us a little about sure. a minute or so of the stump, stump speech. We we're, we're listening out there. Absolutely. We we have one page that's been cleaned up because I had so many pages because I have so many different hats I wear. But there's one you can go to on Facebook, Mark Cooper, and just you can see, track me. I go live at the drop of a hat, uh, pun intended. Uh, also, you can go to Act Blue and you can donate and click on Michael Cooper 2022. And we ask an only simple $20.22 or every other paycheck that you can afford, $2.22. Why 2022? Is because in 2022, we want to let a Bible candidate. Michael Cooper, that happened to be an African-American candidate for governor of this great state of Texas. Beautiful. Thank you so much uh, for that, Pastor Cooper. And so um, I want to uh, piggyback on to what uh, my two brothers have just said uh, uh, to my uh, sorority sister, that it has been amazing uh, to have you on with us tonight. Uh, You're just so enlightening and so inspiring uh, to uh, to come and share with us uh, the things that our people need to hear and and need to comply with and so we uh, you have an open door invitation we we have an open door policy here we uh, you can come at any given time that uh, we don't mind sharing our mic in fact we love to share the mic and we'll drop the mic in your hands and and let you share any message that you have out there and so and finally we want uh, all of those that are listening out there to know that this gerrymandering is a is a serious issue, uh, and and that it's an unfair practice that has been going on down through the years, and it continues. Uh, it's uh, it's what we call uh, uh, politicking, dirty tricks, uh, extremely harmful to our children, uh, our families and friends, uh, people of color. 
it's a harmful thing. It's harmful to voters. And so we're encouraging you to please, please get involved, uh, listen up, uh, go to your school board meetings, come to your city council meetings if you can, uh, tune in on your um, uh, county commissioner meetings, uh, and just keep up with what is actually going on in your community. And you'll be glad you did because it, I, I don't have children in, in public schools, and, and Mr. Mike doesn't have uh, uh, children. His, his children all grown and gone and out on their own. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, Pastor Cooper is who I'm talking about. And then uh, Mr. Arthur doesn't have children in schools, but we're right there making sure that we know exactly what is going on with our with our students. And, and uh, Ms. Roxy, any final comments? And then we'll turn it over to Ms. Rihanna. Yes, ma'am. And I'm so glad you made that point because people think school board is just about parents. School board is about people that pay property taxes and are also concerned about the children in their area, whether they're theirs or not. We used to call that our village. So thank you for making that point. And I appreciate the love and the welcoming and the and the dialogue. This is exactly, again, what I feel needs to be happening across the state every week, every month. Um, and I think you had mentioned a little earlier about we don't want to wear people out. The other side is not tired. <laughs> They're not taking yeah. any naps. So we can't afford to be tired right now. And, Pastor Cooper, if I have to come down Wednesday Great. night and spend I will be there in person in Beaumont on Thursday. <laughs> I'm excited That's about awesome. seeing people in person. I have my mask and my filters. I'm vaccinated, and I'm ready to go. Okay. And I ask what, that. Say that one more time. You and you're what, uh, ma'am? You are what? I'm vaccinated. There you go. There you go. I hope everybody heard that. I'm the child of a retired nurse. There was no way that I was going to get away with not being vaccinated. (laughs) And I ask that everyone keep in prayer as my vehicle is still at the mechanic, but it should be out in time for me to make my travel plans. But keep me in prayer as I travel the state and communicate with other communities like yours. And hopefully one day I'll be able to pull us all together, at least two representatives from each collective, two by two by two, so we can continue to strengthen our coalitions, build our alliances, and do what we know that we've been called to do, not what we're, well, we're aspiring, but it's, it's, all of us are in this because we've been called to do this work, and I uplift you as you continue to advocate for your communities, as I ask you to uplift me as I try to pull our state together. Thank you so much for this experience. It's been amazing. Outstanding. Thank you so much. Ms. Rihanna. Well, Ms. Roxy, I just want to say you are awesome. You've been such an amazing guest this entire uh, show has been wonderful. What a great conversation. And as we have all been told, we've all heard that the uh, the moral arc is, is long, but it always bends towards justice. But it doesn't do that on its own. We do that work. And right now, there are way more of us than there are of them. Now we all have to do the work and pull our weight. 
What an awesome show. Everybody out there, thank you for coming back every Monday night. We love you and appreciate you. Good night. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be out. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be the heavens, no man, no weapon, formed against, yes, glory is destined, everyday women and men become legends, sins that go against our skin become blessings, the movement is a rhythm to us, freedom is like religion to us, justice is juxtaposition in us, justice for all just ain't specific enough, one son died, his spirit is revisiting us, true and living, living in us, resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots be on the ground, the camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day, when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, no. glory, glory, oh, glory, glory, now the woman and child, even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd, they march with the torch, we gon' run with it now, never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles, from dark roads, heroes, to become a hero, facing the league of justice, his power was the people, enemy is lethal, a king became regal, saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego, the biggest weapon. It's to stay peaceful, we sing, our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win the war individually It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day, when the glory comes, it will be
Good night. Good night. Good night.